Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook, joined by Justin Wells, and we are back with another great edition, the last Big 12 edition of questions answered here on this On Texas Football channel. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, head to Inside Texas. We got a Big 12 championship promo that you can take advantage of. Get a dollar for a month or 50% off our annual price. Never been a better time with the portal, the championship, signing day coming up. Now's the time Everything. to check out every part of Texas Longhorns football and Texas Longhorn sports. We got you covered. But Texas Longhorns football this week focuses on the Big 12 championship. Mm -hmm. I think it's the seventh time in program history they're playing in this game. First time since 2018. And the Longhorns could solidify a place in the college football playoff, depending on what else happens on Saturday. But Justin... How excited are you for this game? Just overall to be covering a 13th game. Uh, well, for many reasons, there's excitement. But the main reason is selfishness because we predicted Texas would be in this game. We predicted in July when you and I did the greatest questions answered of all time when we were both in, in the mix. We both said this is we, we expect Texas to be back here in December. And so like you and me, I like being right. And so that's the most excitement I can give you is that I was right. Secondly, this Texas team is fun to cover because unlike teams of the past, they're finishing games. Unlike teams of the past, even when things go wrong, the depth and the injuries are overcoming so many other things. And there's a good vibe in this group. E each week, it seems like they figure out one morsel of motivation to take with them into the next game. It, it's really been a, an incredible year. And so I think it's fun because I think these guys have earned it. Honestly, that's 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 the most. I feel like these players, not just the young ones, I'm talking about the old cats, the ones that were here for the five and seven, 2021, those guys that could have taken off and left and never come, never looked back, but they trusted in the system, they trusted in Sark, and they trusted in the vision. So I'm excited, but mainly because I was right. And because I get to hang out with you on Saturday, you, me, Steve Habel, Will Gallagher, Inside Texas is running deep in AT&T Stadium on Saturday. So there's a lot of stuff to be excited about. You know, I forgot about that video where you and me were sitting at the table at AT&T Stadium. And I, I will admit, I was not as bold and I guess my expectation for this team. And maybe it, I had thoughts of previous teams kind of lingering in my head. I just said, you know, my expectation for them was to make it to Arlington. I didn't really have anything past that. And maybe that was me being hesitant to go really out there. Um, but there are other people who are more than willing to say, no, they're not going to make it. Or, uh, yeah, they're going to easily win the Big 12 title. Maybe not easily, but they're going to win the Big 12 the title. The PTSD was real. It was. And maybe that's why I knew that they'd make it. But I didn't know if they'd win it, especially considering what I thought Kansas State was, what I thought, you know, Oklahoma State could have been, um, what, you know, there's always a surprise team in the Big 12. Texas Tech was, was the been. popular name. Texas exactly. Tech. I don't see them anywhere near that. For some reason, I don't think they pulled their weight. No, not at all. And quarterback issues aside, but still, like, I just thought that they were going to make it, and I didn't know what would happen after that. But now we're talking about a college football playoff contender. It's been a yeah. lot of fun, a long time since then, and uh, can't wait to get going. But let's answer a few questions related to the game. We'll go ahead and start it off with just who this opponent is against. 
Does the fact that this one's against is the fact that this one is against Oklahoma State, one more remaining eight team, one last Big Twelve team, not OU who's going to the SEC with Texas? Does the fact that that is the Longhorns' opponent mean anything in this contest? It does because you know how hard it is to beat a team twice in one season. It's difficult. And so Texas doesn't have to try to do that. Honestly, if it would have been Oklahoma, they would have had to beat them once. You know what I mean. But with Oklahoma State, this is a new opponent. There, there's, there's no tendencies that, they, that the Pokes could have picked up in, a, in an earlier game. It's kind of a fresh slate. Now, granted, it's going to be a challenge because whatever for whatever reason, Mike Gundy is tremendous at scheming and, and, and game, playing, game planning for Texas. Oklahoma State has won nine of the last 13 games these two teams have played. That's essentially the entire decade of the 2010s. Gundy owned them. So I think there's a little bit of incentive there. I like that it's Oklahoma State because we haven't seen them play against each other. I like that it's Gundy because of the way he game plans. I want to see Ollie Gordon, one of the best running backs in the country, go up against maybe the best defensive line in the country this side of Georgia. And so – there's a lot of reasons that, that, that I'm, I'm excited, but I also like that it's Oklahoma State. I, I think that's a cool challenge. And, again, you're not having to face a team for the second time where a lot of times that's that's more difficult than people realize. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that playing a team twice thing. I, I think, you know, it's to Oklahoma State's credit or advantage as well. You know, fresh game plan, fresh everything, haven't seen them before. Uh, but I think there would have been, I don't want to say a weird – pressure but that's kind of the only thing that comes to mind with playing Oklahoma this being the last Big 12 title that both teams are going to be in kind of the matchup issues that you had with Oklahoma and that veer and shoot offense like I I think this one's a little bit well it's a lot better matchup for Texas but I think there would have been a lot of other different things going on uh, if Oklahoma uh, were the team in the Big 12 title but they're not even in it you know they don't even make the last let's see one two three what it's been since the 2020 game since they made the big 12 championship right yeah so 20 yeah the last three they miss out granted i know texas has missed out on a lot so that's not not here it's kind of neither here nor there from the longhorn perspective but i think it's big that you're texas and you can get one over not only on oklahoma state who's positioned well in this conference as it remains, but also Oklahoma, who's not even playing for the conference title. So a lot of entertaining aspects there. Going into the details of the actual Oklahoma State team, who does Ollie Gordon remind you of? I'll tell you who he doesn't remind me of, and that's whoever, whatever publication put out that he's the reincarnation of Adrian Peterson. Um, I spit coffee everywhere. That might be why my PC's not working that well when I saw that tweet yesterday because I, I, I couldn't hold down anything after seeing somebody that blasphemous. It, it, it was disturbing, Joe. It hurt a little bit. He's not Adrian Peterson. Nobody is. And until God puts a new Adrian Peterson on the planet, there's not going to be another one. Gordon's a big guy. Gordon's a big guy whose legs churn. Like if you go low for a tackle, you might catch one of those knees to the to the chrome, man. Like he he runs hard. That's a good question. I, you know, if I see a comparison, I, I remember the the '90s New England Patriots had a running back named Leonard Russell. Kind of reminds me of a little bit of a, a '90s Leonard Russell. 
I also see some Steven Jackson. Now, granted, he's not as big as Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson was a grown, grown man. Oregon State played for the Rams, helped me win a fantasy Super Bowl. I love you, Steve. But he's that big style guy that if you, you know, Roger Craig in the 80s for, for the 49ers, if you went too low on those knees, they might knock your head off. Like those big thigh guys, that's Ollie Gordon. One guy is not going to tackle him. It's going to take rallying to the ball. And I like that I think Texas has a challenge there. They've been so good against the run this year. Really, really good. Ollie Gordon might be their biggest test. You know, I'm trying to think a little bit. And remind me, you covered him a little bit closer in recruiting. Did he play Dulles Trinity? He played he played running back as a sophomore and a junior. Then he played kind of a wildcat quarterback a lot his senior year because they just didn't have a lot of talent. And he was a literally a Mr. Do-It-All. And I think that's why Texas offered him late because they, they kind of saw, like, this guy is just a gamer. He's just a big, strong gamer. And so, yeah, Trinity, he had to play some wildcat. When I watched him play Arlington Martin, J.D. and Toviano, Travell Johnson, those guys – he was the quarterback. He had to do a little bit of everything. So Gordon's got some gamer to him, Joe. So that that kind of leads me to think that and I'm sorry if my mic keeps messing up. There maybe a little maybe bit of Milrow, maybe some Roshan Johnson. And okay. Roshan yeah. was a lot more polished as a passer than his career at Texas led on, at least in high school. Um, you know, we we kind of remember that 2019 spring where it, it was not easy for him to play quarterback and then of course a running back emergency happens and there he is becoming an NFL running back but they're they're not they're built similar I feel like they've got a similar run style to where they're looking for that one place to go and they go and they run hard as hell and Roshan I think he only had one game where he had like 25 plus carries in his career and it was that Kansas State game in 2021 but like I I, I kind of see some similarities between those two just hard runners Part of the program type guys, uh, you know, guys who want to, you know, punish you if you're lined up across from them and yeah. uh, lead you and bring you with them or if they're on your team. And that's a credit to Ollie Gordon, too. Like, he's been one of the many Oklahoma State running backs who've been fun to watch. He's going to be a challenge. He's going to run hard. That offense is predicated around him. And yeah. uh, it's going to be, you know, pretty interesting to see how the Longhorns decide to defend the run whether they just rely on Sweat and Murphy or if they maybe dedicate some more numbers to it. Flipping to the other side of the ball, Justin, there's a lot of East Texas on that Oklahoma State defense, a lot of East Texas. Which of the East – which member of the East Texas crew are you most uh, – are you looking out for most if you're uh, Steve Sarkeesian, the, the offensive play caller? Man, that's like trying to pick your favorite child, even though I just only have one. Um, you know, it, I'm going to give you two of them, and they both play linebacker. Uh, Xavier Benson is one of the best stories in all of college football. If you ever got to know the kid, got to know his background, the things he went through, uh, amazing. Signed at Texas Tech, played as a true freshman, was a captain as a true freshman, went through some stuff, went through Tyler Junior College. Now he's back. Now he end, ended up in Stillwater is doing a great job. But honestly, give me Nick Martin. Listen, Eric and I were big on Nick Martin coming out of high school. I saw him as a sophomore. That kid has morphed into a big-time Big 12 linebacker. I believe he led the conference in tackles. He was definitely near the top of the conference in tackles this season. And, and Nick Martin, 
probably had five offers. I mean, he just didn't get a lot of love. There wasn't a lot of attention. But someone in Oklahoma State saw the development potential and the growth, and that kid's going to wind up knocking skulls in the NFL, and I think that's awesome. Oklahoma State lives in East Texas. They evaluate in this region as early as any program in the country. They don't get a lot of guys sometimes because the other ones come along, Alabama, Texas, Texas A&M, those sorts. But Oklahoma State's tremendous at recruiting this area, and they always have been. They do a great job. And with the Pleasant Grove over on the other side of Texarkana and grab Nick Martin and Xavier Benson at linebacker, I'll start and finish there. I think Nick Martin is – both of them are great kids, but Nick Martin, that's a kid that may have been a three-star, a fringe three-star. And it just shows you if you don't if you don't evaluate inside someone's chest, you don't fully know how good that kid could potentially be. And Nick Martin is the antithesis of that. I, I fully agree with that one. You know, if you look at Nick Martin's stat line is, over the course of the year, there's a couple that stand out to me. One is, and this is the game that basically turned the season around for Oklahoma State. 17 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, a sack against Kansas State. 17 tackles again, and an interception as well. So, like, that is a do-it-all stat line. And that's the game that turned their season around. I'm pretty sure that was the same weekend as the Red River shootout on a Friday. I remember watching that game and thinking, like, okay, K-State's going to turn it on. Yeah. In the third quarter, okay, K-State's going to turn it on. Okay, when is K-State? And they couldn't because Nick Martin was all over the field. Same applies to West Virginia, another 17-tackle game. That's another team that likes to run the ball pretty well. But they also did it with U of H. Unfortunately, with, uh, you know, UCF, um, eight tackles, but, you know, wasn't a lot of tackling going on for the Cowboys in. But there's been some games for Nicholas Martin that have just showed that he can do so much for a defense, be sideline to sideline, just do all the different things that they ask of their three linebackers. And like you mentioned, you, you can't really account for uh, statistically, you know, what he brings as probably the leader of that defense, uh, if not something like it there in the middle uh, for the Cowboys. And for Brian Nardo, who another uh, coaching find in the lower levels by, by Mike Gundy. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Kind of going to a big picture. Like I said, uh, the, the Longhorns, I think, have been in seven Big 12 championship games. That number seemed kind of high when you said that earlier. I'm sitting here, I was thinking out loud, is it really been, will this be their seventh appearance? 96, 99, 01, 05, 09, 18, and 23. So they're three for three or three for six. Uh, They won the first one. They're trying to win the last one. 
Do yeah. you have a favorite Big 12 title memory? Uh I have I have one favorite memory and I have one haunting nightmare and they both involve the Big 12 championship. It's extreme and I think you understand. Um the best one was was being in Reliance Stadium. I literally sat the second row from the ceiling in Reliant for for Texas Colorado's rematch and just sat back and enjoyed what 70 points look like in a conference championship game. That's the one game. It's the only game I've ever been to where I felt sorry for Texas's opponent that day. I still got my long sleeve tee for that one too. It was a great day. And then there was 2001 and I'm not going to go too much into that because I'm not going to start crying on YouTube, but that one was that, that one, that one took a lot of luster out of my heart and my soul that day. We all know what happened against Colorado in that one. And so I've, I've had both sides of the extreme. What about you? You've covered one. So you, you, you've got a little bit of a different angle. So I've, I was at both of those games as well. Um, and I think I may have gone to 99 and I definitely went. I was I at the 09 one too. I was not at that one. And I was at the 18 one. Um, yeah, 01 was bad, but it probably saved Texas a, a whooping in the Rose Bowl. It did. Uh, by Miami. Uh, go ahead and take that one, Eric Crouch, for the team. Uh, but I think my favorite one's got to be that, the 05 one, like you mentioned. And I, I had the same exact opinion. That was one of the first times I felt sorry, not just for a team, but for the fans that were there. Because, you know, Denver to Houston. Joel not Klatt. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> Joel Klatt, uh, and good friend, and uh, on Texas football contributor, Drew Kelson. Uh, I know they joke it up about that, and Klatt's always been gracious about that moment and uh, as he's become one of the top college yeah. football commenters. Uh, but, you know, I, that was one of the first times I felt sorry. I think I was in, like, row two on the goal line, and I remember just seeing all – Ryan Stadium and NRG Stadium, it goes up. Yes, it's still straight up. up. And you just kind of look around and see all the burnt orange, and you see one pocket – of black and gold and you see the band and you're like, okay, well they're, they're here. And I was at that Oh one game too. And I have these visions in my head of like, Oh, what's, what's happening? Like, Oh, what, what's going to happen? It's hard to beat a team twice in the same season. And then no, no, no worries there. But that was one of the few games I felt sorry. It was great to be there. I remember them putting a bundle of roses on top of Bevo because they yeah. knew at that point. Um, and then I think the next day, uh, my parents started making travel plans to, to Pasadena. Um, speaking of travel plans to Pasadena, we may not be getting too far ahead, but we got to talk about it because it's the storyline uh, aside from what starts next Monday, which we'll definitely get into next week. But I'm going to be real, make it real simple. Is Texas in the CFP come Sunday afternoon? Yes, but some stuff has to happen. Of course, yeah. With yeah. with yeah. what four or right. five? Is it, it's either four or See, five. You know, I'm kind of like you know. I think Ian, our, our our boy Ian Boyd, has the best outlook on it. Everybody gripes about the rankings throughout the whole process until the final one's released, and then generally everybody thought, well, okay, that's kind of what it should be, and then nobody else gripes about it. I, I haven't griped once. I've seen it all over Twitter for what the last two or three weeks. Every time Texas hits number seven, it's an argument against Oregon and, and strength of schedule and things of that. And my thing is, this isn't the time to argue and debate it. They got to win out until Texas beats Oklahoma State. There's no reason to have the conversation. But when they do, 
then we get to really dissect it. I think Sark mentioned something uh, today or yesterday in his Zoom with you guys about, you know, with with us covering Texas, we should be part of that proponent of 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 talking them up. And, and then, 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 I don't know about that entirely, but but, but there might, there might, there, there's a little something to that because we do see them as much as anybody else. It's important because I think this is a playoff team. I think if OU doesn't have a goal line stand, this conversation isn't even a conversation. Texas is in the top four, and if they win on Saturday, they're headed to the college football playoff. But a lot of what's and buts and ifs doesn't get it done. Sunday afternoon, somebody's going to lose. If Florida State loses, I think Texas is in the playoff. If Washington beats Oregon, I think Texas is in the playoff. Those have to happen, but Texas has to take care of business at 11 a.m. first. And, and, and I think you and I both feel like that's supposed to happen. But what is your kind of take on it? Because you, you're the one that writes up all this stuff and, and follows it cl- closer than I do. I think the Ohio State issue takes care of itself. They yes. only have 11 wins, and when the committee looks at 12 or 11, they're going to realize that 12 is more than 11. And no conference claim either. That, that that will take care of itself. And like you said, this is all kind of assuming a Texas win. So that knocks that team out. A lot of it depends on what happens with the SEC. You know, if Georgia wins, they're keeping that top spot. Yeah. If Michigan wins, they're keeping their number two spot. Yep. The winner of the Pac-12 is probably going to get in just yes. because of what the situation is. So then at that point, you're just waiting and hoping that Florida State loses. For me to say yes, that means I have to think Florida State's going to lose. I think it might happen. I mean, that that is a not a good time to have a quarterback situation is in flux as it is right now. They didn't look great against Florida. I know that he had a big hit there late and came back, but they had to do a lot of things in order to try to make things just passable for Tate Rodemaker. Yeah. Jeff Brom's going to play this game to – to win uh you remember that xfl clip and you know he coaches like that too yes they may have the firepower to do it on the offensive side so i think louisville gets gets one over on florida state i think that slides in texas as the number four team uh with washington staying at three michigan staying at two georgia staying at one and texas there at four the top seed gets to pick the location so we don't know exactly what that means if everything goes like I said it did. Yeah. But I think Texas makes it because I think they win. And I'm giving away a pick, but it's already on inside Texas. I think they win. I think Florida State loses. You know, we also have to consider this, and this was asked a couple times on our live stream last night. What happens if Alabama beats Georgia? My take, Alabama and Georgia are going to the playoff. If Alabama wins the SEC championship, Georgia is still getting in the playoff. That's just my take. And people need prepare for that. What about you? Yeah, Texas beat Alabama. I'm just trying to be real, Joe. I, do do I, I think yeah. Texas is better than Alabama? Hey, the, the play on the field should matter, especially in the manner that it happened, where it happened, by how much it happened. But you and I, are, we live in more reality. We are not fans. And I think reality says two SEC teams looks better than one. I could see Texas jumping to three and Georgia falling to four. Four with the loss and Bama sticking at five. And then Texas well, no, that, that, that makes that makes no sense. Georgia yeah. falling to five and Bama going to four. Right. And then Michigan to one. Yeah. There, there. That's what makes this so fun. There's so many yes, parts. 
He does. And it's fun to be a part of it. Uh, speaking of last score prediction, you've already locked things up. I feel like at this point in the year, I think you're seven. Second year in a row. Second yeah. year in a row. Congratulations. Uh, your prize winnings will be in the mail shortly. Uh, but <laughs> it's going to be the trophy that they give. Texas like football. is a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, it kind of sounds like we both are thinking that the Longhorns are going to win. Do you think they cover 15-and-a-half? That's two touchdowns. Oklahoma State, you know, I – Texas should win by two touchdowns. And I hate saying that because it sounds pretentious, but if you look at the talent on the field, they should. Because Oklahoma State has a South Alabama loss that looks pretty bad. They have a Central Florida loss that looks really bad. And they've played bad the last three weeks. I don't think they've been the same since their Oklahoma win. It just I feel like they've just been playing from, from catch-up. There's been so many moments where they're just barely getting across. They're barely staying in. I don't know if Texas blows them out because I think Oklahoma State's a good team. I do think they're, they're probably seated right at number 20. I think they have some guys, and we know Ollie Gordon, and we know they've got guys on defense. I'm going to say Texas covers. I'm doing it with some hesitancy, but I'm going to say they cover. I think they're two touchdowns better. I don't think it's a blowout like it was with Tech. I don't think it's that outmanned, and I think Gundy is a lot better coach than Jalen McGuire. But I, I'm going to give Texas the nod. I'm going to say they're they're going to cover. If the defense contains Ollie Gordon, they're going to cover in spades. It, it won't be difficult. But that's a big if. What about you? Yeah, I don't see a cover. I see a, I see a no? win. Okay. I see a cover. Uh, or I, I see a win. I don't see a cover. Just gotcha. because you know I could see 14, something like that. I think that's the the safe pick there. 10, 13, something like that. And. It's another win over a top 20 team. It won't, they probably won't stay top 20 uh, because for some reason the committee likes punishing teams that play instead of ones that don't, but eh, who knows? So uh, we'll figure that out. But I think Texas wins a big 12 title. I think they win by under 15 and a half points. I mean, that could be, you know, 31, 17, something like yeah. that. So that sounds realistic with these two teams. Gundy always has these guys playing well against Texas. You and I have seen him game plan. He and, and call plays. This is this could be a closer game. I'm excited to see it, and we're going to have every part of it covered here on On Texas Football. Thank you for watching so much. Stick with us all weekend. We'll be there in the pregame, we'll be there postgame, be there during the game with Aaron Hogan. Head to Inside Texas. We'll have coverage of the game. We'll have coverage of Sunday with the playoff. We'll have coverage of Monday when the portal opens and uh, silly season continues oh, in earnest. Buddy. Thank you. December's going to be crazy. Y'all need to come hang out with us, man. Get on over here. Thank you so much for watching. Make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel. Make sure you follow Justin on Twitter at JustinWells2424. I'm at JosephCook89. Thank you to our producer, Matthew Hutchinson. We'll see you next time on On Texas Football.